Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, would you do me a favor? Would you put your hands together for uh, Pastor Dave Patterson this morning? Thank you, man. Well, thank you, guys. It's good to be in Calgary. It's actually a warm day out there today. I'm telling you. It's feeling good, ready to get on some shorts. Let's party. Hey, um, we're just, we want to honor your pastors here today. Let me find my notes. That'll help. And uh, we have known uh, Ryan and Steph for a few years and been connected through some similar uh, acquaintances and relationships. So uh, just honoring the work it takes. We planted a church almost 23 years ago, and it is a lot of work and a lot of faith and a lot of stretch to uh, go into a city and, and see something that is not there yet and pour your life into a dream that is not a reality. It takes a lot of faith and guts and fear and wrestling with all the emotions. So props to you guys for three years. And uh, we wanted to bring a, a, an offering from the Father's house, and we want to be the first ones to sow into the Heart for the House offering, all right? So I'm going to give this to your wife. I think it's safe with her. So we love you guys. Yeah, I love you guys. I want to sow into it. I want to honor you guys, and, and really, too, you really, you really have a great team. Um, what's the girl's name that's everywhere smiling? Jesse. <laughs> You're famous, buddy. You're just awesome. It, she's an angel? Man, we need some of those on our staff. I don't think we have any angels. So anyway, uh, and there's so many people like you, Jesse, that, that have a great attitude and are here to serve, and that's what it takes to build the house of God, no doubt about it. Well, hey, uh, I have the privilege of uh, being here with my beautiful wife of, I won't say how many years. Oh, we've been married a while. Would you stand up, Donna, and just wave, wave at everybody? And... Uh, she gets to travel with me from time to time, and I love that. And here's our fam right here, if you could bring up this pic. Uh, there's another one, a uh, serious one. Let's go to that one. I like that one. Yeah, here we go. Uh, I have two daughters, uh, Tasha and Sierra, and these are their husbands, Jude and Joseph, and we have three grandsons, and there's a lot of boys in the family tree on both sides of the family, and God gave us baby Lucy right there a year ago, so we're pretty pumped up. Uh, what a joy. I mean, you know, big churches, small churches, whatever. I, you know, we, we love reaching people. I tell you, the greatest joy is when you see your family serving God, and when you can serve God with your family, do ministry with your family. That is the win, so we're blessed. Interesting. I'm going to go right to the Word and uh, hopefully share a few thoughts with you guys that are going to help you in your, in your journey with Jesus, and we're going to believe for that in the next few minutes. Uh, as you were showing your three-year video, I, I'm actually reading the same verse starting out and preaching out of this verse that was on your video, so we'll, we'll call that prophetic coincidence or something of that nature, all right? <laughs> Let's go to the Word, and I'm going to read from the Amplified. If you have a digital Bible, a paper Bible, does anybody carry old-school paper Bibles with them? Anybody still lift them up? I love an old-school paper Bible. Bible. That, them's the real Christians right there. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> uh, but uh, it'll be on the screen. Take some notes. Uh, the percentages go up of people who make it to heaven that take notes. All right, so here we go. Ephesians uh, chapter 3, verse 20, 21. Now, before I read this in the Amplified, the Amplified is literally uh, a version of text that actually breaks down the original Greek and Hebrew language a little better than the normal NIV or King James or NASB. And that's what the Amplified is. It's just a, a better glimpse into the original language. So now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, 
according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And everybody said? Amen. Now, that, that's a big verse right there. The, it, it's called the exceedingly abundantly of God. So it starts out going, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. I got to go time out. Wait a minute. I can think of a lot of grandiose stuff. I can ask for some big things and God's going to do exceedingly infinitely more than I can ask or imagine. Well, here's the caveat to that verse. According to the working of the power of the spirit this within you. So in the measurement that the work of God is going on within you, that's the measurement of exceedingly abundantly that happens in your world. So the greater work that God wants to do is in us. And if he can get that work going on in us, he's going to do some great things through us. Are you getting it? So according, let me, I'm going to back up, according to his power that is at work within us. So today God wants to expand us to, in the next few minutes. I believe by the word and the Holy Spirit, he wants to expand the way you think. And I, I want you to go out of here looking at your future a little different than the way you walked in. Amen? Amen. And, and here's the thesis. How much, how much faith does it take to move into the superabundance of God? How, how much faith do I got to have? Because it seems like a lot. seems like I got to strain and work really hard to get into the exceedingly abundantly. And I want to tell you how much faith it takes. Just enough faith to take your next step. That's it. Just enough faith to move with God. Let me pray over the word. Father, thank you for this great church. Thank you for three years. Thank you for the power of the scripture. And you are alive and well in your word today. Your word is alive and powerful. And speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Hey, uh, does anybody like to camp? I'm talking like in a tent and sleeping bags and killing stuff in the woods and all that. Any campers among us? So before I was born in California and eventually moved to Oregon. And while I was in Oregon during those kind of high school, college, years, um, uh, we did a bunch of camping. Come to find out, I really don't enjoy that kind of camping. But I want to share a couple of my favorite campsites with you, just a tip for the, for the new kids here. Uh, like the Ritz-Carlton in Maui. What a campsite, man. Oh. Fairmont downtown, not too, not too shabby. Nice campsite there you got going, right? That's my style of camping. Last time I we went camping in Oregon, we we're going to go whitewater rafting, right? And so we, we pack all this food and wood and we build the fire and with tents and it just work, 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 you know? And then you chop the wood and you light the fire and you go down and fish to catch dinner. It's like one pitiful little seven inch trout for nine people, you know? And then, and then there's finally that moment you're sitting around the fire and the stars and you're having your s'more and you think, ah, this is wonderful. It's a little brief window of wonderful, let me just tell you. Then we go in and we go to, go, go to the tent and about four in the morning, all the air drains out of the air mattress and you're laying on rocks, true story. And then you try to sneak in a few s'mores and the ants figured out you're the s'more tent and they join you at 5 a.m., true story. My favorite part of that camping trip was going home and taking a shower and watching the game on a big screen, all right? So that's my version of camping. And the reason I share that is camping in tents was never meant to be a permanent residence. It's only a temporary setup on the way to a destination. So when God led his people out of Egypt, which is a type of your sin and shame in your past, into the inheritance, the promised land, which is your full potential. Get this, because this analogy is used a lot in church and in teaching. It's the promised land, but the promised land is not heaven. Why? There's giants in the promised land. There's land to conquer. There's temptation in the promised land. Here's what the promised land means as you study the Old Testament. It's your full capacity. It's your inheritance. It's God's desire for you here on earth. 
A lot of people get stuck between Egypt and Canaan. They get stuck between coming out of their past and going into God's full inheritance, and they wander around in a pseudo-Christian lifestyle of frustration, and God, when is it all going to come together? And I'm telling you, God wants you to move on and get out of the temporary camping in Jesus' name. In fact, here's a picture of the Israelites' artist rendition, and there was a cloud by day, and a fire by night. And this is a pretty accurate rendition. And there were about two million campers cruising across the Sinai wilderness. Two million. Now that's a camping trip, isn't it? Uh, 600 registered warriors. And at night, the cloud would turn into fire so that all the armies, all the enemies of the Israelites would know Yahweh, God, is with them. And, and I would feel pretty secure, even if the Amalekites and the Jebusites and the, the Parasites and the Termites and all the ites... <laughs> They're all out there, but I'd feel pretty good, you know, maybe the wife's scared, and, huh, and I think the Amalekites are coming. You open up the flap of your tent, and you see that pillar of fire, and you think, it's going to be all right. I got you, babe. It's good, right? Because God is with us. Now, there was one rule for camping. I'm going to read it to you here in Numbers chapter 9. Whether the cloud stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month, or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp, and they did not move. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp, and they did what? They moved on. Everybody say, move on. Yeah. Elbow a friend if you're next one. Tell them, move on, buddy. It's time for you to move on. Now, that was as simple as it got. If God didn't move, you don't move. Anybody ever got ahead of God in your life? You dated somebody you shouldn't have dated. You made an investment you shouldn't have made. You jumped before you prayed. You bought before you thought it through. And any impulsive people like myself, I'm an emotional shopper, okay? I don't like to go to the mall and just wander around. Usually, I'm highly motivated. I, I, you know, men, when they go to the mall, when they shop, we're hunters. We know what we want. We go in. We beeline. We kill it. We conquer it. We bag it. And we're back at the car, right? But, but the way I shop and the way I, I move in life, and I'm trying to grow out of this, is I have a tendency to be impulsive and do things without really thinking through. And, and I'm older now, so I'm gaining a little ground on this. But, but it's dangerous when you, when you move outside the will and the parameters of God. You know, the Bible says in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. I would just encourage you, especially all the young folks today, single folks and not yet married folks, and those of you making business decisions, always seek wise counsel. And take your time, just take a little pause. So they, they didn't want to uh, get ahead of God, but then you can't get behind God. Now, the reason it's important for us to study this camping lesson is because the children of Israel in the Sinai, they were called the church in the wilderness, the community in the desert. So they are a type of the New Testament church. And I want to tell you just a couple things that will apply to you today. I think I'll give you three. I like threes. How to move from where you are to where God wants you, how to move with God and not get stuck. You see, I, I think if you're a Christ follower, this is not just for pastors and professional Christians and guys that have, you know, Reverend Big Shot on their business card. It's for everyone who has the Spirit of God in them. You have a call and inheritance. You are uniquely gifted, and when God pulls you out of darkness, just like this precious lady that got baptized today, that's not the end of the journey. And being a church member, there is a call, an anointing, a ministry, and a future. And what's your name, hon? Amanda, congratulations. You're so precious. Praise God for you. Love you. So God has a hope and a future and a ministry and a sphere of influence. Now, here's the problem. Between the point of promise and fulfillment, that's where most people get stuck. It's between the vision and the fruition of the vision. 
It's between the prophetic word and when the prophetic word actually manifests into reality. And that window can be a year. It can be five years. If you're rebellious, you can die after 40 years and never see it in our story. But don't get stuck in the middle. Don't get stuck in the wilderness. If you're here today and you feel like you're just dredging around your Christian journey, then you'll know because everything looks familiar. Oh, saw that before. Saw that set of bones five years ago. Look, there's that same rock. Yeah, dude, you're wandering around in the wilderness. Snap out of it. Isn't it amazing that, uh, you know, it's been documented that the journey from Egypt into Canaan when they crossed the Jordan was about an 11, an 11 day journey. How in the world does an 11 day journey take 40 years? I got to ask that of some believers, right? How in the world are we still, anyway, I'm not, I'm not trying to get mean. I love you people and I'm going to be on a plane first thing in the morning. So I'm going to lay it out here. No, I, I, but I, I just see a lot of frustrated Christians, man. They've been wandering around the same territory and God wants us to move on. The first one is you got to move with the cloud and the community. Move with the cloud and the community for you note takers. This is a type and a picture of the church. Listen, Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her. That's Ephesians 5.20. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, Matthew. So the church is something that's precious to God. And it's, it's an entrustment that he gives to pastors and leaders and says, lead my flock. But there is a safety, there is a blessing, and there is a grace that is on the church that Jesus is building. And of course, culture and every demonic plot since Jesus left the planet has been this, to divide and destroy the church, to mock the church and to tell people, well, you don't need to organize religion. This is bad in California, guys. We got a whole culture down there, rugged individualism, you know, just me and Jesus. Yeah, I catch some podcasts and yeah, I'm very spiritual, but I don't go to church. I, I like God. I don't like Christians. That's so anti-Bible. How can you love him and not love his bride? If we know Christ, we're going to want to be a part of the community and there's safety in the community. So the, listen, the cloud is moving with the church. The fire is on the house of God. And it says in, uh, I believe it's Hebrews 10, 25. There's a verse that says, hey, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner or custom of some is, but get together and encourage one another and all the more as you see the day of Christ approaching. So God wants you to come together in community. Don't forsake your Sunday gatherings or your small groups. And the reason we come together, yeah, we worship, we give, we hear the word, but here's what he says. I want you to encourage one another. So think about this. That simply means to infuse courage into someone else. So the strength in your life, the courage in your life, that word of, you know, just go for it that you're carrying, you come to the house of God and you give that to one another. Because if you get isolated, listen carefully, it's people that get isolated from community that get taken out quick. Here's what God told our campers right here in Deuteronomy 25. Remember what the Amalekites did to you along the way when you came out of Egypt, when you were weary and worn out, they met you on your journey and attacked who? All who were lagging behind. See, the enemy, the wolf, never attacks a sheep in the middle of the flock. He's always looking for the, the stragglers. And you know who the stragglers in church are? I, you know, it's just not working for me anymore. And I'll just be over here by myself. And you begin to distance yourself from community. Listen, we need each other. I need the gifting in your life and you need the call of God on my life. We need the support and the strength. So stay with the cloud and stay with the community. 
Now, I don't know Calgary. There's probably great churches around this city. If this is not yours, find one, get in it. This is a great one right here. But get planted in the house of the Lord. Be able to say, that's my church. Those are my people. This is, this is my, my church. And take ownership. You guys with me today? Uh, number two, keep moving toward your full potential. You have capacity. Keep moving toward it. You know, I, I've been a believer, and I shared some of my story with your team last night, with their dream team and the ministry team, how I was brought out of a life of addiction and really messed up, but I was a bit of a musician. So the first thing we needed to do was we started a band. So we started traveling. Man, I had big dreams for God. We went on the road. I sold all my stuff, had a house, had a couple little cars, had a little business thing going on, and sold all that and went, went on the road traveling. And it went well for about a year or so, and then I hit the test of my faith and the trial of my faith. And I remember we were in Phoenix, Arizona in August. Does anybody know, you're from Canada, but Phoenix, Arizona in August. It's the foyer of hell, people. I'm just telling you. And the band breaks up. Everybody goes back home, and I'd invested all this money, and I didn't know what to do. I'd been married about a year and a half or two, and I'm, I'm crushed, and I'm like, God, where did you go? And we were living in a 26-foot travel ease travel trailer. And I remember being so discouraged and out of money and out of gigs and out of vision. And all I had was this travel trailer in the middle of Phoenix. It's like 187 degrees in the shade. Lizards are dying outside the door. It was that hot. And I remember this thought, this is it. This is it. This is, I die here in this 26-foot trailer. This is the end of my ministry at the ripe old age of 26 years old or something like that. And I remember waiting on God in the desert in Phoenix. And I remember, I'm a new believer. I'm freshly recovering from all kinds of substance abuse and, and didn't know the Bible much at all. What was I doing out telling people about it? I don't know. That's another therapy session. <laughs> so I start thumbing through the Bible, and it falls open to the book of Isaiah. And I'm reading this, Ryan, for the first time. And the Lord said, um, behold, I will new, do a new thing. Will you not know it? I will bring rivers in the desert. And I'm like, I'm in the desert. <laughs> and springs in the wilderness. I'm like, I'm in the wilderness. And I'm telling you, that moment, that day, I made a decision that whatever happens, I'm going to keep following God. Amen. Another time before we got to that end of the road moment, though, I, I made a decision. Now, this is going to help somebody. It's the stakes you drive in the ground when you say, you know what, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to serve you. I'll always be a man of the word. I'll always be part of a local church. I'll always bring the first and the best. I'll always be a tither. These are commitments I made. And I remember being discouraged before the band broke up and we're another small church traveling. And, and uh, I got together with this pastor and I'm pouring out after the meeting. I'm telling him how I've had it and this ain't working out. And he looked at me. And, and again, I'm a young kid just getting going in ministry. He said, son, he said, you'll be surprised what God will do with your life if you'll just keep showing up. Then he walked off and just left me sitting there in that. You know, it stuck with me now for probably 35 years since he told me that. You'll be amazed what God will do with your life if you'll just keep showing up. So from the 26-foot trader, I made a determination. I'm not stopping here. God, whatever you have, I want to live to my full capacity. And I'm not the brightest guy in the room ever or the most gifted ever or the best looking. Well, we could argue about that. But anyway, <laughs> here's the thing you got to know about me. I'm just going to keep showing up. 
And if you'll do the same, you'll be amazed what God will do with your life. One uh, Greek word I want to tell you. Thank you so much for the countdown clock. All of you can rest assured you'll be at lunch on time because I love me a countdown clock. 2 Corinthians 10, 13 says, We, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limits of the sphere. Okay, now there's something unique about the Greek language versus English. All three of those are the same Greek word. Measure, limits, and sphere. And it's one Greek word I want to give you today, metron. I know it sounds like a small Toyota car, but it's actually a Greek word. And here's the definition of metron right here. A measured boundary, a potential inheritance, a capacity that God sets. All right. So Paul said, we're going to stay in the, in the sphere, in the measure, in the metron that God has for us. Now, that is not limiting whatsoever. Remember, it's immeasurably more than you could ask or think. Here's what I believe. Most of us are not living up to our capacity. There's more in you than you know. You have more ability to generate wealth for the kingdom of God than what's happening right now. There's more ministry to other people. There's more vision than you've tapped into. Why? Because the king and his kingdom is an ever-expanding kingdom, and he loves the million point two people in your city, and he wants to use you to reach them. So when you think about your metron, it's like, oh, I'm so hemmed in, and I wish I had more gifting, and I wish I could do. No, no, God's saying, open your eyes. It's immeasurably more as long as you ask and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to work within you. There are no limits to what God can do in your, I'm living testimony from a broken, drug-addicted, messed-up kid to now I get to do some crazy stuff, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it doesn't look like many people in the room are over 50, but anybody who's close to my age, let me just say now at the 60-yard marker and looking strong into the fourth quarter, I'm seeing more potential and capacity at this age than I did 40 years ago. Why? Because God's kingdom never shrinks. I'm preaching better than you responding, but it's okay. It's good stuff up here. <laughs> He's got a metron point is this. You just got to refuse to stay behind. You really do. So... Back to our campers in the wilderness so they get rebellious and things aren't working out like they thought and we want food god sends quail they get tired of quail we don't want quail anymore we want to go back to egypt and so god says listen you're just going to wander around here for 40 years and die but then when it came time to go into his into the inheritance and cross the jordan into canaan the levites got to go the worshipers stay a worshiper uh, the setup and teardown crew, actually, too, they got to go in. So all, the dream team, hall pass for the dream team, I'm just saying. And then there was this old guy by the name of Caleb, because everybody over the age of 20 years old was going to die in the wilderness because of their rebellion. And Caleb says, uh, <clears throat> Pastor Moses, Joshua, uh, listen, uh, I am stronger now than the day we set out. And I want my mountain in my promised land. You know that Caleb and Joshua and all the young folks crossed the Jordan and went into their inheritance because he made, he made a determination that was connected with a declaration. If you're determined to move on in God, you got to say some stuff. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. How did you get saved? How, how did you come to Christ? It says Romans 10, 9 and 10. With the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto something unto a spiritual reality. See, I can believe that Jesus is the Son of God for 20 years and not be born again. It's actually when you open your mouth and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. I have decided to go public with my faith. At the confession, things begin to change. So you got to make a determination. 
and then you got to say some stuff. We will not have a broken marriage. By God's grace, we're going to have a strong, healthy marriage. Speak out over your children. Our children are not going to be far from God. They might be right now, but we're going to pray, and that rebellion is going to be broken off, and they're going to serve God in the house of God all their days. Start speaking some stuff out over your reality. Connect a declaration with your determination, and you won't get left behind. And I love this. And the reason I want to share this today is, and I said this a lot to your team, is, you know, what God wants to do with us and with your church, Love City Church, it's much bigger than us. And when we begin to see that, it's about other people. Listen, God's got plenty of money. He'll pour it through you. He's got plenty of opportunity. He'll open doors for you. As long as you're saying, Lord, I want to reach people for your glory. But don't let the sacred become common. Don't let the things that God wants to do in your church become normal. Hey, we go to church on the weekend for an hour and 15 minutes, and then we go home, we come back the next weekend or two weekends later. Uh, in California, the committed Christians, they've done research. People that are like, I'm, I'm all in at church. They go 49% of the time. So we have a rotating congregation, which I'm not throwing you know, rocks at anybody. I'm just saying it's so much bigger than that. What God wants to build, it's community, it's vision, it's reaching people. Uh, let me just show you one more picture, just to refresh your memory. I want to talk about this. Uh, show me the, the big one with the pillar of fire right here. So let's think about this for a moment. That's your view out the front of your tent. But let's say over here, you know, sector B, row three, tent 14. This is, you know, Levi and Esther, you know, hanging out there. And Esther says, you know, hey, hon, we're out of falafels. Would you go down to Jeb's tent and grab some falafels, you know? So, and some lard, get some lard while you're out. Whatever they ate, I don't know, it's probably weird. So, you know, Levi gets up and he's gonna go down to row 16. And he used to stand in awe of the fire. He used to think, that's Yahweh right there. Stop and worship. But on this particular night, he doesn't even see it. The sound of the fire is white noise. The fire of God next to him is invisible. He just goes down for his falafels. And what is an awesome, supernatural miracle becomes commonplace right in the middle of it. It happens at church. It happens serving God. The sacred becomes common. The supernatural becomes, oh, there it is again. We study the Bible, we celebrate salvation. God says, no, 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 no. I want you to treasure this journey. I want you to look at the fire of God in the tent and go, Jesus, I just want to worship you one more time. And here's why. It was always bigger than this journey. Now, historians and, and those who study this stuff would tell you that if you climbed Mount Sinai or if they had drones back in the day and you could go up to, you know, 5,000, 10,000 feet, here's what you'd see. Show this last picture. This is the way they camped in the wilderness. God said, Benjamin, I want you up there north of the, of the tent of meeting and Ephraim right here and Simeon and Reuben. And actually from the top of Sinai or from a plain, they were in the shape of a cross. And what God was saying is prophetically, thousands of years before Jesus walked up Golgotha, he said, here's what I'm doing with my people. I'm building something that's bigger than all of them. And this redemptive act that I'm doing with my nation is really a picture and a portrait of what I'm going to do with the New Testament church of my son. What I'm saying is when you're camping on row 14, 10, you know, 13 or wherever you're at, it's much bigger than you. The God's building us together as a community to reach people. And actually, when people see the church, they're going to see the cross of Christ. And they're going to say, this is real and I want to be a part of it. So I want to encourage you today. 
If you're stuck, God wants to get you unstuck. If you're wandering around a wilderness, he has grace to pull you out. And there's big things for his church. Amen. And I just want to break one more lie before we, before we pray, and it's this. Don't believe that this message is for somebody else and that you're a spectator. That's one of the greatest lies in the enemy. The Lord wants you to know that, son, daughter, this is for you. I have gifting. I have calling. I've called you, and i got some big things for your life. So what do you say we lift up our eyes and ask God for some fresh vision today? Amen. Hey, bow your heads. I want to pray over you. Father, thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, God, that you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. But you haven't called us just to be survivors. You've called us to be more than conquerors. You called us, Lord, to, to do some things that are bigger than what we see right now. And I pray over Love City Church on this third anniversary, God. I ask that you would give them fresh vision. And not just to Pastor Ryan and Stephanie. I pray it starts with them, but let it flow down on every dream teamer, on every staff member, on every leader, small group leader. Let us live with big vision. Let us see, God, that what you're doing is, is so much bigger than all of us, that you're building your church around the earth, and you're calling people like the precious girl that got baptized today, and there's thousands more that you're drawing by your grace. With your head's bowed today, a couple things. I want to pray over you, and perhaps everybody in the room today is a believer, but with our heads bowed, I do want to give an opportunity. If there's anybody in the room, you say, you know what, Pastor Dave? came to church today and hey there's some guy from california preaching but god's speaking to me and i'd have to say that right now i'm not walking with god i'm away from him i'm far from god and if that's you um everybody's praying no one no, not going to put anybody on the spot but if you want to have a romans 10 9 and 10 a moment in time in history he said on that day i came back to him would you do something? Just look up at me. Give me a little baby wave, but make eye contact if that's you. And you're saying, today's my day right here, hon. God bless you so much. Is anybody else going to join this lady? That's cool. Right here. God bless you. Maybe you've been away for months, or maybe you've never fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. Today, let me just say, for those who lifted their hand and those who are thinking about it, because I, I still feel the strong love of God, the pull of His grace in the room. God is not angry at you. He's in love with you. He's not holding your past against you because it was nailed to the cross. So this is all good news today. He invites you to come in and start brand new in Him. One second group of people I'd like to pray for is, if you're here today, you say, Pastor Dave, I would call myself a Christ follower, but I got to tell you, I feel stuck and I want to get unstuck. It's my time to get unstuck. Would you lift your hand up? Whatever that means, if you feel stuck in some dimension, it's between you and the Lord, hands all over. Let me pray over this. Father, I ask right now for specific directions. Now, would you lean in and open your heart? Just ask the Holy Spirit to do something right here. For those that just lifted your hand, and there's others in the room that need to, I want to ask in this moment for the Holy Spirit to give you specific details on how to get unstuck. For some of you, you need to make a phone call. You need to write an email. Give a sacrificial gift. Get out of your comfort zone. For some, it's to step in and serve and find a place of ministry. For others, it's simply walk across the office and start talking to somebody about Jesus. But God's going to give you specific, detailed instructions on how to get unstuck. It might seem simple, but just simply do it. And you'll be amazed what God will open up as you take one step, another step. You move with God. So God, give them grace today. Now, 
For those that lifted their hand, I'm going to ask everybody to join me in this. The Bible says if you confess, we're going to make a bold confession, very brief and powerful, but everybody in the room, repeat after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, today's my day, and I'm coming home. I thank you for your grace, and make me your own. And by that grace, I'll be your disciple. I'm going to follow you all my life until I see you face to face. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise today. Stand to your feet. We're going to worship together. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.